0: Hello and welcome to the Vickers Watch Ghibli.
1: The podcast where three priests link our stories with those of her Reverend Geraldine Granger and other TV Vickers. I'm Kate.
2: I'm Jenny. And I'm Ruthie. We ended up talking so long about this episode that this is the first of a two-part episode. We're talking about love and marriage. It's the wedding of Hugo and Alice. Woo-hoo! And we talk about marriage, our experience of weddings... And all things love. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Not something that we have loved this week i'll start because i've thought of something uh my son returned home from nursery today with a card that he had made at nursery that says get well soon uh that he has drawn all over and uh, inside it says to mummy hope your toe is better soon lots of love benjamin oh, oh. <laughs> and according to the lovely um, people at nursery who's been talking about Mummy's poorly Toe all day. <laughs> what a loser. Could he not Aww. find any more interesting things Such to talk about? Mummy's boy, that's really sweet. So that's something that Thanks. I have loved receiving today. How about you, Kate?
1: Okay, so um, we're recording these episodes a little bit out of order because um, we're recording those in advance. So this will sound out of order if you're listening um, in sequence. But I'm um, still on holiday at the moment and I've been taking Millie, my dog, out on little walks around my different parishes and I've really been enjoying discovering these kind of country paths and Aww. going off the main roads and going on adventures with Millie um, and introducing her to people. She's a heart stealer. Oh! Um, but also um, Ruthie... Your dog, Maggie, sent Millie <laughs> um, some gifts. She sent her a little um, toy, but also a postcard, because we've I've decided that Millie's name is short for Emmeline Pankhurst, because she makes a lot of noise to get what she wants, um, and she knows what she wants. Um, and, yeah, um, it, you sent me a postcard with Emmeline Pankhurst so on cute. it. and what it's what lovely yeah, it's stuck up near where all her walking stuff is, and I see it every time I take one uh, walk. Ah,
2: so um, Henry uh, Ingram, you are letting the side down right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Henry's feeling bad that he hasn't contacted Millie yet. I'm such a boy. <laughs>
0: Millie and I are going to be besties for life. Yeah. Well, well, they're half besties.
1: related. <laughs> uh, are they? Well, what? sort of. They're both half poodle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Henry. I thought you meant with Maggie. I was like, there can't be foodling
2: Maggie. She is
0: sleek. and
2: She's like five times the size of your dog.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you know, speaking of besties, I know it's dog besties. But I think the thing I've really been loving this week is connecting with friends and finding time to do that. So last night I drove up uh, about an hour away to get together with my three closest friends. And it was such a great time. And I noticed even like driving home all the way through the night, I was asleep most of the time, but you know what I mean? And then I woke up this morning and I was like, I feel so much, like so much happiness and so much like me. And I'm like, wow, work-life balance is so important and spending time. And I've had so many wonderful times this week, actually, with friends, clergy friends as well. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm loving Mm. spending time with people I love. It's so energizing.
2: Absolutely. Mm. very important. Speaking of love...
1: Yeah, shall we talk about what we're doing this week? Um, yeah. We're talking about Season t- 2, Episode 4 of A Vicar of Dibley, Love and Marriage. Ooh. Alice and Hugo are finally tying the knot, and it's Aww. so lovely, and we are celebrating as part of this. We're recording in the evening, and we decided that we would celebrate with special drinks Um so yeah. uh, sh- thanks for clarifying that it's the evening. <laughs> and we're not
2: like recording at nine AM and <laughs> day drinking.
1: <laughs> Before we do our cheers, um shall we tell everyone um what we've prepared for our special celebration? I'll start. Um I have what may be the bougiest gin and tonic I could conjure um with um a kind of homemade tonic water using tonic syrup and sparkling mm-hmm. water um a blackcurrant gin and i've thrown in some frozen fruit as well so that's my that. drink she
2: classy. i love that mm-hmm.
0: so when i was saying earlier about um spending time with friends and loving it um my drink of choice today i actually have to because this week i had a glass of wine with a couple of very good clergy friends in my lounge and we were having a vibrant and zesty white. So I've got that on one side of my desk. Mm about only a glass left i'm not gonna get drunkies by the end of this podcast <laughs> on the other side of my desk is a lovely rosé which i i think i got for a 30th birthday present actually from a lovely friend and i shared that with oh my I, i've got a new amazing friend who is super inspiring she works for the church in new zealand and we sat in the garden last night No, the night before and had a drink of wine in the garden so this this week like every evening i've been doing fun things and seemingly drinking lots of wine so i've got a lovely Glass of rosé on one side, <laughs> and a lovely glass of white on the
2: other. Is that a bit greedy? No, that's not. At all. Double parking.
0: Yeah.
2: What
1: are you <laughs> drinking, Rosie?
2: Well, um, I uh, I believe in our chat that we said it, we were going to have fizz, so I got fizz, um, oh. and I have saved the bottle opening to, for for right now in order. In order that you may enjoy the ASMR, <laughs> I really hope it's not so loud that it wakes my son, who is now sleeping next door. But we will find well, out. Are we ready? In three, two, one. Ooh,
0: hey! that was
2: satisfying. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, oh. It's satisfying.
2: It
0: is a joyful noise, isn't it? Mm. I mean, even if you don't drink or you're, you know, teetotal for whatever reason, that is a lovely noise. It's,
2: it's the a pop a of the cork pop. and it's got to be done. Yeah. And uh, Kate, I see your bougie and I raise you uh, an ice bucket next to me, which instead of actual ice, has ice packs in so that my <laughs> bottle may be nicely chilled throughout yeah. this episode. So, so, very dear listeners, uh, by the end of this episode, we might be making absolutely no <laughs> sense. So <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll see how many drinks we are through it. Shall but, we do cheers? Oh, shall we? Oh, Hugo and Alice. So Alice oh, and
1: Hugo. Hugo and Alice.
2: They have a
0: life-giving and lifelong marriage. Amen. Oh, Cheers. Man. Cheers. Mm. Wow.
2: That's tasty, actually. <sighs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the extra dry stuff. Oh, did you? Mmm. Mm, prefer it dry. Yeah.
1: Oh. oh. <laughs> so, um... Our next little mini segment, we got our notes up next to us. And we're also already feeling a little bit jolly. And I was just scanning (laughs) over them. And I read this as um, Jenny, I'm a vicar and I'm a doorknob. Um, Jenny, can you you clarify that, please? (laughs) Let me expand
0: for you. Well, sometimes we do a little segment in this podcast, dear listeners, as you'll know, which is Mm -hmm. I'm a vicar and... And it's usually to kind of uh, talk about something funny that's happened or um to even more humanize ourselves and i had one that i i sent a voice note to ruthie and kate during the week it was kind of a confession but more i'm a vicar and and i was on the way back from a funeral visit and i had my windows down just to just to put it out there i was dehydrated i was tired it was very very hot and when you're driving in those circumstances, is it not true that things can get a bit hairy on the road? Yes, it's <laughs> true. Anyway, my windows were down. I was in my dog collar. I was looking quite, you know, smart and professional because I'd just been doing something quite solemn and serious. And I was driving and someone cut me up on the roundabout. And I was like, oh, we came to the traffic lights. And I had to slam on my anchors. and I go, oh, why is everybody such a doorknob? But I, I didn't if I'm honest I didn't say door I just went straight <laughs> so I, I confess this and said so, oh I am a vicar and this week while driving I shouted out loud why is everybody such and what was worse is my windows were down and there was a lady at the traffic lights waiting to cross so she saw me and I was like oh god oh, oh.
1: then I sped off into
0: the distance at at a legal speed
2: but yeah I'm a vicar and sometimes I'm a bit rude
1: it could be worse.
2: <laughs> I get cross while driving. I think that's the worst place where I get cross. I don't drive on the A1 mm. if I can avoid it because the drivers on there make me so angry.
0: <laughs> it's scary, though. I had someone trying to overtake on the other side of the road and they were in my lane and they were speeding at, like, 60 miles per hour towards me. And I was... Honestly, I, every time I pass that road now, I get sweaty... Not sweaty palms, but I think back to it. But it's... Oh. I don't know. It's a, it's a dangerous sport, isn't it? You see, rather than... Went,
1: um road rage I get um, road judginess like I never I never tisk at people I never click my tongue at people but seriously when whenever drivers I get so judgy (laughs) of other drivers like (sighs) didn't didn't indicate
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) quite often I I say along the motorway if I'm overtaking people in the third lane I'm like all of you in the middle lane should be in the first lane get (laughs) over um so, yeah, basically, <coughs> we're all confessing slightly here that we are vicars and we get grumpy whilst driving. And I think many other people will do that as well. I think it's
1: true of everyone. Shall we move on and actually start talking about our episode? Yeah, we can move on to a different road, as it yes. very much works. Let's change tracks. That's here we episodes.
2: go. Oh, so we are over in the parish council and they are beginning by discussing... The name of a new road which is available and um they that uh, that well it wants to be called the david horton road doesn't it and uh, uh, jerry says oh for goodness sake don't call it after one of us and then mm. david suggests oh no let's do it someone who's gone and we love and has passed on before us and uh, what about my predecessor pr- my predecessor on the parish council david horton and uh, everyone's like, yeah, that's brilliant. And I think this is terrible. And I think it should be called Letitia Lane.
1: Oh, oh. that's
2: so much better. Oh, Thank so, you.
1: Oh, my thing is, why isn't it just Horton Drive? Like, you wouldn't normally call a road someone's full name, would you? Mm. Like, it could be Cropley Road or Cropley Lane. It mm. just, I, I don't get why it has to be David Horton like i guess but well. o- obviously this is a very key piece of information setting up um um something for a little bit later in the episode um yeah after we've done this so after we've named the road um vital piece of business and vital information as i've said for later um we move on
2: and um it's the last parish council mm-hmm. before uh, hugo and alice get married and mm. as hugo is on the parish council jerry asks if anyone's got any marriage advice for them and personally i think this is a really bad idea <laughs> just looking around the table why on earth are we soliciting advice from these people
1: real danger that david would just say don't
2: yeah oh yeah. bless him just,
0: just, can I just add in this bit because I love this scene so much but I also love so Owen says something to Geraldine which I'm gonna nick as a perfect line if I ever start a family which is <clears throat> please will you plant your seed in this acreage of womanhood really <laughs> actually no that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> I said that out loud. I'm sorry. Can I take that back? No, absolutely No, no, not. no, no. no. We've great.
1: recorded that, and we're going to send I, that to Chris. I'm yeah. it's quite explicit.
0: Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> absolutely. But so Owen, Owen hopes to plant his seed in an acreage of womanhood, which and he looks at Geraldine and eyeballs her. It is a cringe moment. There's no getting out of it. But actually, some of the um, I I've, I've also, if I'm honest, been asking my parishioners this.
1: What the I've chat, up, asked... chat up lines? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have got those down, baby. I've been asking them, what would you say makes uh, a marriage work? Like, How? Have you, what's the most important thing in your marriage? Or have you got any tips for a good marriage? Or, you know, what things have you found to be important? Um, so do you want to hear what they said? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, there's three things. When I was thinking about it earlier, there's three things that came to mind for their words of advice. The first one was everyone was like, compromise, compromise. And that's kind of like, yeah, that's really good, solid, kind of a classic. Another one that they always say is never let the sun go down on an argument. Quite like that. Yeah. So don't go to bed still feeling grrr. Or at least know that you feel like that and just acknowledge, okay, we feel like this, but we love each other and we'll talk about it tomorrow, which I thought was really good. But the third one, someone said, and it really struck me and stayed with me and has been a little thing to help me when I get grumpy with my beloved, which is, she said, um, be kind to each other.
2: Oh, Yeah.
0: And she was like, above all else, just be kind to each other. Because actually, when yeah. you get comfy with someone, sometimes you can just be who you are all the time, which <laughs> entering <laughs> into professional isn't always good. If you're hungry, mm. if you're tired, you know, but she's like kindness. She's like, that's the thing that's, you know, helped our marriage. And yeah, and she'd been married for many years. So I was mm. like, yeah, I'm going to remember that. Be kind to each other. But wow. that's not quite the advice we get around the table. No, but... but it
1: also, it got me thinking about the sort of, advice maybe all the things i encourage a couple to talk to when we're doing wedding talk about when we're doing wedding prep um mm. so i one of my key aspects of wedding prep is i encourage a couple to actually look at the marriage vows line mm. by line and mm. talk about how each of them understands it so that yeah. as they're entering this contract they both know what the terms of the contract are essentially. Yeah, that's lovely, yeah. Um, and yeah, to make sure that. that they keep checking in about that as their marriage progresses, so they both mm. know where they are, they both know what it means to be faithful to one another, um, forsaking all others, because yeah. actually people have different understandings of what fidelity means.
2: Yeah. And I think that word honour that we use mm. in the vows, it is one we don't really talk about much. I mean, I read about it quite a lot, because I read kind of... <laughs> Mm. Those kind of era novels where men are all about honour and all that kind of thing. Mm. But what does it mean today to honour someone? Um, Yeah. It's a really Mm. good question to ask them. Um, And one of the big things I always talk to people about in marriage prep is... Uh, before you get married, talk about babies and talk about money because mm. those are the two big things that you're going to fall out with. Mm. If actually one of you is desperate to have children and the other one does not want children at all, mm. that you're just going to keep fighting about that constantly. And if you don't mm. have a plan for money and how you're going to do money, if you're going to have separate mm. accounts, joint accounts, savings, all that kind of thing, whatever the plan is, have a plan mm. because that's another thing that you will argue
1: about and stress about. Um, so babies and money. And also mm. sex, let's say. It. Talk about yeah. se- sex with your partner. I, d- I tell them, don't talk about this with me Like in a moment. That's awkward and <laughs> weird. But, but, Hello, but, I'd but, like to talk about
2: your sex life.
0: <laughs> no, I... I've heard some horror stories about talk that. Talk to oh. each other. Yeah. yeah yes. yes, talk to yeah. each other. Experience. Talk to each
1: other. Make sure you both know what your expectations are. And Absolutely. communicate about what your needs are and all of that. Yeah. Because it's the old joke, isn't mm-hmm. it? As soon as you
2: get married, the, the, all the sex stop, stops and you're not supposed to, you don't do any and it's all very mm. boring and, oh, I've got a headache and all is this kind of say? stuff. Is what they say? Oh, that's oh, what that's... people say about you well, know, marriage.
1: Well, the, there's a... Society. There's a particular generational humor perhaps that plays into oh marriage is horrible and yeah yeah. that's so true
0: the old ball and chain and yeah yeah, all of that yeah Yeah. i I don't like any of that although sometimes i do find myself accidentally sort of slipping into it Mm. but
2: and although i don't i have definitely used it on the podcast before i really hate the phrase other half Mm -hmm. And I know I've used it myself (laughs) to talk about my spouse. But Mm -hmm. you're a whole person without the other person. Yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm. That's the issue with it. But I I also like it that it Mm -hmm. kind of says that you're a one person together, but you're also individuals. Yeah. so, so important. So, yeah. yeah, that's
1: so true. Aside from that kind of what makes a good marriage advice, I also tend to give some really practical wedding advice, which is, mm. I try to make it clear that it's the two things are separate. The wedding is separate from a the marriage. They're mm. linked, but the wedding is mm. like who do you who have who's going to be on duty on the day as the problem solver so it's not one of you yeah, who, yeah. who's going to have the little bag of like your sewing kit and the makeup and who's in oh. charge of the children if you've got children yeah
2: like who's got your
0: phone yeah that's so true and i think this feeds into the wider thing we were talking about earlier as well is can i just do a, a short advert here because obviously i'm getting married not obviously but i'm getting married next month uh, which i know we've talked about everyone's and about.
1: everyone's invited and everyone
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's on this date at this time <laughs> at this church <laughs> no,
0: no, you'll be really scared it'll no, be, be fine but um one thing i've been doing with my partner and i want to promote this more actually is we we did the marriage course so that we had the opportunity to say i mean we talked about you know, children and done some stuff on finance, but actually having to go through that in detail. And like you say, even more specifics about the wedding day and practicalities as well. Um, But it's all you can access it free. It's online. HDB do a pre-marriage course, which we've done. And I've I've really valued that. And I definitely recommend it to all our couples. Now, the difference is with me and Chris, obviously, we don't live together. So lots of couples these days, they're like, well, we don't need to talk about a lot of this stuff. We kind of. Some of them already have children, and they already live together. Yeah. But still I think there's so much value in there. And it's really designed in a way to be accessible for Christian people as well as those that perhaps mm. don't know what they think about God yet. Or um, you know, I would just really, really recommend that. Just gonna slide that in there.
1: But it's worth saying that every vicar has a different kind of way of doing marriage prep. And
2: yeah. 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 The way I did marriage prep when I got married is uh, I wasn't particularly keen to do the marriage course <laughs> although I'm sure there are useful things about it um, I um, loved it but yeah but, yeah but, um we went and invited ourselves around to dinner to people whose relationship we liked mm. the look of I love uh, as that. outsiders and we we were just really rude and said, can we come mm. for dinner and talk about how you do marriage?
1: <laughs> because you oh, like it. That. So
2: we went and talked to um, lots of different people. And so we talked to people in same-sex relationships. Mm. We talked to people with children, without children, all these g- kind of different couples to see what their advice would be. Um, and it was great. Mm. Can I And not married people as well.
0: I know, I because I actually had the, the blessing of marrying you. Woo-hoo.
2: Mm. Sounds like I married you, lol.
0: And I'm
2: sure I made um, you do a funny Mister and Mrs. You, you did, did, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just
1: like it was, was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I think actually the best thing is when a couple are have that self-starting view in terms of doing stuff. I think so. My approach is I have, I have a bit of a method in terms of like I said, looking at the marriage vows, and I keep things generally. I facilitate a space for conversation, mm-hmm. but what I do is I encourage the couple. To have those conversations away from me Definitely. and to look yeah. at if they found quizzes online, do those quizzes or sets of oh. question, questions. Yeah. If they found a the marriage course, do that. Uh, or if they're going to other people and talking about marriage, I think that's more effective than me sitting them down and telling them, oh, yeah. read this chapter before next yeah. time we meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, come back with notes. <laughs> yeah,
1: we've got a little booklet. Here's your homework. <laughs>
0: oh well I sort of do give my homework I say here's a little booklet for you mm. good excuse for a date night get a bottle of wine or whatever it is you love and work mm. through these questions don't bring them mm. in there and we're like oh do we need to hand the booklet back to you and I'm like no yes. no yeah. I will be marking it
2: but that, that <laughs> that's know. the
1: difference is whether you give people yeah. work to do and men say and we will be checking your work yeah. next time we yeah, meet yeah, yeah. versus this is a really good idea of something <laughs> you can do together anyway yeah. we've talked about this a lot yes <laughs> but we? it's such an
2: important mm. thing to do And I think it's worth mentioning as well that this episode is so focused on the wedding Mm. and it's something that you said, Kate, that actually the marriage is the really important thing about it. And do you know what? If your wedding day completely sucks and everything goes wrong, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it sucks and it's rubbish and frustrating. But if you have a great marriage Mm.
1: afterwards, who
2: cares? It'll be an amusing anecdote for years to come.
1: Exactly. Exactly. so
2: Jerry's uh, received, uh, well, asked all of these.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, we still oh, haven't seen one. Oh,
2: gosh. <laughs> so Hugo has received various interesting bits of marriage advice. Some we would recommend, mm. and others that we would not. Um, Jim makes uh, a comment that I think we would all find rather mm. inappropriate uh not that have lots of sex in fact i think we would say yes That's well, a great not thing to with other marriage. people
1: necessarily not with other
2: people as a general rule and jim makes a, a rather racist comment oh <laughs> uh, yeah and totally disagree yeah and we're not going to particularly talk about this now because no. we think this is something we could discuss later but there is something in being a vicar and in that role of when do you call people out when mm. they say things wrong? <laughs> and yeah. when do you just kind of let it slide? When's the appropriate time? But P- we think we'll cover this later yeah, on. Particularly yeah, particularly when there's
1: generational and societal and even class differences. and Yeah. yeah. Anyway. There's lots
2: of things to think about. So we go from the parish council to the vicarage and once again, Geraldine <gasps> is in... <gasps>
0: jumper in the whole world yeah. <laughs> you guys know which one it is it's that white mm. one it's got like crosses on it kind of like a high neck it's got some holy spirit doves it's like it's got, white like, a boat neck yeah pack. it's, it's beautiful. beautiful high boat neck it's really mm. it's great it's the one yeah. that she says her grandmother knitted her she's yeah. behind yeah. that one, <laughs> that one yeah. thank it's you great. Shouting the
2: and we catch her in her stupendous mm. jumper on the phone to the bishop. And they're having a bit of a discussion, it appears, about jobs and about different mm. opportunities for Geraldine. And um, we thought we'd just kind of briefly talk about how do you get jobs in the church yeah. and it all feels... How does it work? It's a weird old process. Because Jerry is being scouted, it seems, for this job. Is it a bishop that she's on the phone to
1: here? It's a bishop. Yeah, a bishop. Interesting. I I think
2: it's her bishop because she says love to Rocky and things like that at the end, isn't she? Yeah, well,
1: until that point, I thought it was some other bishop who she'd met while training or kind of pre-ordination. But isn't Rocky the one who, in an earlier episode, is revealed to be the partner of? Yes.
2: Yes. But the partner changes throughout the series (laughs) quite often.
1: (laughs) But either way, it is a bishop who knows her, And knows her well enough for her joke to joke about sex positions with. Mm. (laughs) Very awkward. And has given her (laughs) what tends to be called in the Church of England, the tap on the shoulder. Um, There's sort of a few ways that you get jobs in the Church of England. Um, One is that you look in the classifieds. It's generally in the church times, but it can also be on the Darsen websites. And the jobs are advertised, just like any job. Um and you put in an application and Mm -hmm. then you are either shortlisted and invited to interview or you're not or you can um, be invited to apply for a job and then you still need to then do the whole application process but you've been given a little bit of a indication that you're encouraged and wanted
2: it's like it other sectors it's like in other sectors isn't it Mm. like my my um sister-in-law works in a bank and her manager said i think you should apply for this job and and that kind of thing so that kind of thing still works in the church Mm. of england so the job that i have now not my boss but my boss's boss nudged me and said i really think you should apply for this job because i think it will fit your skill set so that's how it works And ideally you want your senior clergy to know you well enough to kind
0: of Mm. recommend and also for the bishops to position their clergy to see like, oh, what does this community need? Mm. And who have I got? But yeah, it can be, it can, it's one of those things that can go uh, into difficult territory, can't it? It's
1: it's awkward because I I was invited to apply for my job as well. And I absolutely love it. Um, It's brilliant. It is actually the perfect fit for me. Um, Mm. So it was the right. It was the right call to invite me to apply, um, you know, from certain skills and everything that I had. Um, but I've known people who have been invited to apply for jobs and they haven't gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. And there is also there's something very uncomfortable about being invited to apply sometimes because there is something... Although you still go through exactly the same process of writing an application, writing a personal statement, going through the interview process, etc, etc, and you could be told no. Um, Yeah. It's still... I feel awkward telling people that I was invited to apply for my job. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It feels... It's not nepotism, but it feels like nepotism, if that makes sense.
0: Mm, I think it depends on the way it's done. Because I was mm. in a similar position for here. But again, it's because I trust my senior clergy. And I'm like, okay, I'll have a look. And, you know, yeah. and I, I'm grateful because, like you, Caitlin, I feel mm. I'm in the perfect fit. And trust, like, actually God's at work, even, I was going to say, mm. even with our senior clergy, if I didn't mean that. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> even their decision and process making. Like, there's more going on. I trust or yeah. I hope there's more going on that meets the eye. But talking of the perfect fit, in this scene, Alice bless her,
2: Comes in to talk about Geraldine about her wedding dress. <laughs> oh my which gosh. Makes mm. me have so many She has like original Pinterest that she's got her yeah. Telly bo- Tubby's workbook and she's a stuck in pictures book. of what she'd like I and know. it's beautiful. And actually, mm. she there's a joke about her mum's going to start knitting it and mm. Geraldine's like knitting her dress. That's but amazing, actually, though. nowadays, very chic. A lot of knitted and crochet wedding dresses uh, that I see online and think, that's amazing. So, so Alice is well ahead of her time, yeah. But, but also
1: socio socioeconomic expectations. That's a big Woo! word. Um, I think we expect, society tells us that you should spend a lot of money on your wedding dress. Um, don't. And particularly, Alice is marrying into a moneyed family, right? Mm. She's mm-hmm. marrying... Um, it's made clear, you know, she is from a different class. And if you're not English, if you're not British, you maybe just don't quite get, like, how much class dictates how, pe- how, how, how your life is. And what well, like the royal wear.
2: weddings, if you've ever mm. seen any of those, um, there are certain expectations about what a dress will look like. And mm. uh, it's kind of expected that it will be a British designer who mm. will design the dress and all this kind of different stuff.
1: So, yeah. yeah, there are so,
2: expectations about her wedding dress. There's
1: something about the fact that her dress is homemade and handmade mm. by someone who loves her, which is amazing. I wish all wedding dresses yeah. were made by someone who loves you rather would, than spending yeah. a ridiculous yeah. mon- amount of money. Or, it's just, just such a niche skill to or, have, though, is yeah. just, just wear a dress you love rather than worrying about how much it costs. But So my wedding dress mm.
2: cost... About seventy pounds in total. But no way! Of the mm. whole thing in the wedding, the one thing I think I would change would be my wedding dress, <gasps> because it was like, so
1: cool. It,
2: it, yeah, it was a cool dress, mm. but i just bought it online and so didn't go and do the kind of dress shopping thing and i wish i had done that just to look at different styles Mm. it doesn't mean i would have spent any more on a dress necessarily but i think i would have i would have liked to have been bolder and braver with my dress. do
0: you know what ruthie this could be wrong but slip off your wedding ring (laughs) me and kate will come over
1: yeah, let's, oh, no, sl- no, no, let's yeah, do like, it. Let, let's <laughs> do, a, let's <laughs> do a say yes let's to a dress from you. Oh my <laughs> gosh,
0: my friend's getting there. Oh, <laughs> sorry yeah, to all the do experts out there. I'm sorry. Actually, yeah, I guess that would be wasting their time. Well, I feel bad now. Well, no. But I'm sure it we can recreate the experience. We can do it somehow.
1: The wedding industry, let's face it, and we're part of a wedding industry, is hideously overpriced. They owe us. But the minute you throw the label of wedding onto something mm. it's overpriced and to be honest even like the cost of a church wedding is in comparison negligible like compared to renting out some manor house or whatever but compared to a registry office wedding or like courthouse wedding like at the moment the price is £480 which is actually quite a big awesome. jump from the cost for last year I think last year it was 450 Four
0: Four six four.
1: Yeah. Um so it's it's jumped up and four hundred and eighty pounds doesn't include an organist, doesn't include bell ringers, doesn't include a choir, doesn't include a verger. So four hundred and eighty is the base amount, which we are told by the national church that we have to charge for weddings. And it's needed because the church has to have money to run. But
2: lots of it is legal fees. A lot of
1: it is legal Mm. fee and but also When you start to break down, so I wanted to talk about what actually is included, because it's not actually just the one hour, approximately, on the day that you get married that you're paying for. So what else are you paying for in that amount? So you've got legal fees, Mm -hmm. you've got wedding preparation, um, so that's, I meet a minimum of three times. Do you mm-hmm.
2: that is something that will depend vicar to vicar though yeah. and some are mm-hmm. better at it than others <laughs>
1: yeah but and yeah ongoing support in that way yes um custom sometimes service in terms of changing aspects of a service to fit a couple writing a sermon that fits the couple um oh. making sure the church is clean in advance heating lighting what else do you think
2: i think heating and heating it is extras it
1: i think heating and heating yeah. it is extras mm.
2: it's, yeah if it's yeah. between october and march
0: it's extras this yeah. is so interesting because i've never thought of it like this i've just kind of thought is that 480 is for the service mm. on the day because everything else I just I sort of have to do anyway. Because that four eighty, <laughs> um, just for those who are listening who are interested, is mm. split between what the church itself gets to keep, what the little church you're getting married gets to keep, and about half of it goes to the diocese, I guess to pay the legal fees and half of it comes to the church. Um really interesting. I'd never really thought about this before. I just assumed that is the cost, you know, for wedding legalities on the day and then yeah. the I would rest say the is key just difference, you kind of have to, Like spread. from
1: a church yeah. wedding to a civil wedding is the ongoing support perhaps same with same with a funeral and there's a sort of assumption if you've got a good vicar and I know that sometimes I fail at this so hands up I'm not always a good vicar about this I, but I try to make it clear that I'm always available if the couple need me if they yeah. ever want at any point down the line or in yeah. advance oh, yeah. to have a conversation about how things are going Yeah, it's about Building that relationship as well.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And offering like I mean, one of the things mm. we're hoping to do next year is to offer marriage courses as well. So I'm always saying to my brides and grooms at the moment, like, Oh, stay in touch with me and you know, mm. if we've got things yeah. coming up, it would be a great be with to us, plug. that sort of thing. Um, I did a
1: marriage yeah. boxing a couple of weeks ago, which is basically um the couple had been married legally beforehand um because of covid whatever it had been a small celebration and they wanted to have a big celebration so we did a wedding blessing didn't have to send any money to the diocese so a church could set a cheaper fee um and it was still just as beautiful just as special um a wedding in all but they I and I didn't have to do any of the legal paperwork mm. which is for me <laughs>
0: yeah it's yeah. lovely
1: because you get to even not, so not a wedding very
0: important though but it's not a wedding very careful about the
1: wording not I said multiple times this couple wedding. of yeah. all have been married yes. um, when we came yeah. to exchanging rings because they wanted to exchange rings I gave yeah. you this ring yeah. um, and I think for vows I said something yeah. like um, I affirm or oh, like I made it really clear like mm. you're just affirming what you've already decided and that proclop, yeah.
0: Yeah, so important. Because mm. vow renewal as well is, is similar to this and a part of this as well, which some couples choose to do. Whereas other couples say, I don't need to renew my vows. Yeah. I, I live them oh. out every day, which honestly makes my heart swell oh. with joy and love.
1: Vow renewals are really special. My parents did it for one of their big anniversaries. They are, yeah. Um, I and them. I think I've heard of other couples doing it when they've kind of had big fallings out and there's been problems in a relationship and they've reconciled and wow. that's another fantastic opportunity um i'm just plugging all the services that yeah we, that it. we offer check aside aside from weddings
0: yeah. yeah your local vicar would love to talk to you about vow mm. renewal wedding blessings if you haven't got married in church before um mm. or just maybe a bit of marriage support some marriage courses what's going on uh, it's always good to check out what your local church is doing
2: <laughs> nice plug jenny uh, one of mm. the uh, important roles that Jerry seems to be taking in this episode yeah. is she seems to be a bit of a wedding planner in lots of different ways. She seems oh, to not just be planning mm. the service and talking to the family, uh, talking to Alice about her dress because she, she's Alice's best friend in all of this and all that mm. different kind of stuff. She seems to be a bit of a mediator between... Uh, the couple, uh, and Alice's expectations of her wedding mm. dress with her trains following her ah! choo-choo. Yeah. And David uh, arrives with Hugo later on in the scene into the vicarage and is not as impressed with the linoleum trains and the uh, knitted dress with Tarka the otter and the bunnies. Mm. And the blue and red stripes. Which
1: I'm disappointed we never get to see. Yeah.
2: yeah i do yeah. wish i could just peel back
0: that page and have a quick look at the sketch that's on it
1: but do you know what this really makes me
0: angry actually not angry just like oh it frustrates me because i just do not think this is geraldine's problem and actually when david says to her you know i've got lots of family coming sort out this wedding geraldine like oh my gosh is this what alice is wearing i'm like this is not this has nothing to do with geraldine it's not her fault And it actually makes me super annoyed. Why do I feel so annoyed? you say that, (laughs) I think
1: in any other circumstance that would be true. Like, I'm not a wedding Mm. planner, I'm the vicar. And I'm planning the wedding with the couple, but I'm not the wedding planner. I'm not the one who, you know, is trying to make sure that everything is perfect on the day. Although I will work with the couple to make sure that it fits their expectations. And also prepare them if it doesn't fit their expectations. Um... But in this very specific circumstance where Geraldine seems to be filling the role of maid of honour and best Mm. friend of the bride, as well as the priest. I do wonder, in this small community, I could see if my best friend, I don't really have a single best friend, but if I had a single best friend, (laughs) um, one best friend in the whole world who lived in the same village as me and um, they asked me to do their wedding, and it was a small community, I think it would become a sort of mm. shared responsibility of planning the wedding, especially when Alice's family doesn't have much money, and she's marrying into a family that does. I would want to be on her side, and be the barrier between her and her in-laws.
0: Mm, yeah, I get that. I guess it's unique, uh- isn't it?
2: do you think it's something that you end up doing at as the kind of minister of a wedding as well mm. is sometimes depending on who's getting <laughs> married and what the family situation is like I think this is often something that comes up later on in the kind of process often at the wedding rehearsal mm. things appear that you think hmm this is interesting that you end up being a bit of a mediator yeah. in in different ways so I've done weddings where um especially if uh, parents have divorced and they don't mm. get on <laughs> yeah, and then you have tough. to if they're walking out together and all this kind of thing then you have to mm. do a bit of a do you know what y- you guys don't get on but it's not about you today yeah so you just have to shut up
0: <laughs> wow i can't i'd find that oh uh, difficult to be in a position because mm-hmm. i still think that's like the bride and groom's responsibility to te- caretake for their family but what's in my head is that actually for a funeral I do this kind of role a lot, actually. For a Mm. wedding, I leave it to the bride and groom. For a funeral, often people are so, I guess, still obviously experiencing a lot of grief and sadness that they can't look after themselves or each other. And actually a lot of falling out or difficulties happen then. So this role I think I take in a funeral but for a wedding, I'm like, oh no! You but see, I think you're right, Kate. It's a unique it, situation. But even isn't it?
1: then, so I did one recently where I legit told the groom off and told him that he needed <gasps> not, not, no. Let me clarify. He, <laughs> I, I told him he needed to take a break because he had taken the Aww. wedding planning and those practicalities onto himself. And I said, look, you need to find some chill time between now and tomorrow. Aww. And I said to everyone else, all of you, hold him accountable and make sure he takes some time to rest.
0: Um, oh that's lovely. so actually
1: there is for me there's something about it's that pastoral side of monitoring how everyone is doing like if yeah. if the young mm, a nephew point. or niece or cousin who's doing a reading needs a bit of bigging up to do their reading making sure yeah. that they're okay doing that yeah
2: um, yeah because you definitely did that for me for my wedding with the rehearsal I remember that actually, I yeah. was a little bit sad <laughs> at my wedding yeah we had a little, a little bit mm. cross <laughs> and uh so you did a bit of pastoral support let me just take you away and give you a cuddle <laughs> while you're crying I do remember that <laughs> actually we
0: had a little prayer mm. just three of us didn't we yeah a tucked away prayer I remember that actually yeah. just raging but yeah yeah the stress is, is a hard time and like you say you mm. seek to be the person of peace and Caitlin as well like you were saying sometimes the person of authority mm. to what needs to happen
1: but as far mm. as i'm concerned i'm looking out for best interests yeah of the bride and yeah. groom and yeah. if that means i need to tell someone off like if a groomsman it's often a groomsman is always oh, the groomsman is, <laughs> <laughs> is, is playing silly buggers you know
2: <laughs> um <laughs> Tell, I've had to tell them pull, them off. pull groomsmen um, away from the pub. Um,
1: you know, <laughs> oh, I make sure to make it really... You know, it's <laughs> like, you know, you read riot act if you need to. Um, you, we want this <laughs> to be a low-stress opportunity. like, And we want the bride and groom to be in a place where if things go wrong because they're out of control, it doesn't ruin their marriage. Um, yeah. You know, that's, yeah, I i really enjoy weddings for that because you can do that for funerals you're still doing that but you can't be as outright like you still yeah. ask are there going to be any tensions in the room that i need to be aware of um but you can't oh. but you can't tell people <laughs> off in the same way that sounds yeah. like a... <laughs> oh i did for one funeral Ooh, did, did you? you
2: yeah yeah there was i did a really difficult funeral mm. um My advice being, never read the will before the funeral, (laughs) and so had to just kind of be like, "Hmm, "It's not all about you," but yeah,
1: yeah. Ultimately, I think what a priest is doing in this situation is you're balancing expectations, you're balancing the expectations of a couple and what they want for the day to be with the expectations of a family um, and the guests, yeah, and the expectations of a church council Um, because the church Mm. might have its own rules but also your own expectations of how you think marriages should be so the the big one that is always brought up is photographers um and it's always a conversation with clergy is what do you let a photographer do or not do and i think Mm. sometimes built up more than it needs to be what do you think
2: So, I know uh, someone who is a uh, clergy person who does not let photographers take photos during the wedding service because it is a sacramental moment Mm. and that should not be photographed. And that's, that's her kind of theological understanding of what's going on in weddings, which I completely mm. understand. And actually, this is a really sacred, solemn, beautiful moment between two people and God as they marry each other. And that is so, so precious. But I also don't want to miss out on yeah. people having photos of that moment. Because yeah. I know for my wedding, the, the service photos are some of my favourites yeah. and the most precious ones. And and. I can remember, like, the exact bit in the service that that is. And maybe that's because I'm a vicar and I kind yeah. of know the service really well. But I, I know what specifically was happening at that moment and how special it is. I do, uh, if there are any photographers listening, uh, us three especially are on your side. We want you to take photos yeah. in the service. Yeah. But help us, because if people are there who are grumpy about photographers, who um, might be part yeah. of the church, um, if you're there, like, posing over mm. me, trying to get a shot right in front of the... It's going to distract me, yeah. and it's going to distract everyone else. And and you've got the difficult job of making sure that you're kind of absent enough, but get yeah. the, the right photos. And if you've got a good photographer, they can mm. manage that. yeah, yeah. My- And there is such a thing...
1: As a zoom yes. So my rules are (laughs) don't obstruct anyone's view if you can and try not Mm. to be a distraction. And Mm. if it's a quiet point in the service, please be respectful of that. Um, Mm. And don't suddenly take moments, like to take loads of pictures during that. But I think I'm very permissive because we had an experience with my grandmother's funeral. It's not quite the same. When we weren't allowed to do um, a video link-up for someone who couldn't be there. Um, and the, the the officiant told us that we weren't allowed to do that, um, which, Aww. to be honest, was brave of them because my dad's a bishop and I was in at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and, bless him, to be honest, this is completely off-topic, but the um, funeral visit was very interesting um with the three of us in that room and the rest of our family who are all very strong christians and i think um the officiant was feeling very off-footed but but yeah because we were told no i feel i try to make it happen if i can because i know how important it is yeah definitely
0: i can't remember anything without a photo so um yeah i always think my bestie is a wedding photographer And so I always think of her whenever I'm speaking to photographers because I've heard some absolutely, like, terrible mm. stories. There are some photographers who are actually scared of clergy because of the way that they've been
2: spoken to in the past, which is so gutting. Mm. I've apologised to photographers
1: before. Ultimate rule, be kind.
2: Be kind. I'll lay down my rules, but I'll
1: be kind and considerate because there's so many wedding photographers who've had bad experiences of clergy. And there's also so many clergy who've had bad experiences of wedding photographers. Be kind. And no drones. No drones in the church, please. Thank you. (laughs) No drones. Unless it's a special occasion. I
2: always try and get the couple to tell their... Um, family to turn their phones mm. off and not take photos during the service as well so that their family can mm. engage in the service properly and also photographers don't get you know someone in the yeah. middle with their iPhone trying to video the bride mm. coming up and all that kind of thing because that's just going to yeah. ruin their pictures and it, it enables yeah their family and friends mm. to actually engage with what's going on and not accidentally check Twitter or the
1: football scores mm. yeah and <laughs> um, so Geraldine is managing a whole load of expectations, but she's also got these yeah. really... It feels like she's managing some very interesting things that she wouldn't necessarily approve of, like all of Alice's ideas for her dress. Have you had, <laughs> without exposing anything, without exposing anyone and um, breaking confidence, have you had any strange or unusual or interesting or beautiful um, requests for weddings?
2: Well, on exposing, I've seen some very exposing wedding dresses. that I just think, <laughs> flipping out. don't bend over, love. <laughs> I hope you've got some tit tape.
0: <laughs> I haven't had too many. I mean, I... I Find myself having to go above and beyond for weddings. So like, obviously, there's often like flowers mm. setting up. Sometimes people want lights, and often like going in on your day off to make sure everyone's yeah. got what they need. And I'm like, oh, yeah. but then I'm like, hold on, these people are getting married, Jenny. You can sacrifice it. I mean, one thing that I've have had a little bit of is dogs in service mm. and dressed up dogs in services, yeah. which I, I I don't mind. I kind of like, but I know it's a little bit quirky. Uh, or petals being sprinkled yeah. on the floor. Um and and you know, I'm always the one oh bless, and the virgin actually, as well, and sweeping the up or whatever, mm. but yeah, nothing too quirky. I think, um, the only thing I would say to any brides listening, brides to be, check out how wide or narrow
2: your aisle is. make sure your dress can fit mm. down it ideally. oh, yes, I've had those weddings where the dad could not walk down no. next oh. to the bride. Because her dress was so big, yeah. and it was it it was wider than the aisle, so it was pushing mm. back. So there was no way that Dad was walking next yeah. to her. What happened? Did he walk in front? He walked behind. Mm. He walked.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That's quite sweet in a way. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. It, it's it's a question
1: I've learned I need to ask. Um, now I've moved to country yes. churches. Um, I now need to actually yeah. ask what the circumference of dresses. Um oh, yeah. do you ask
0: him in the wedding room Well, no, I haven't done yes, it, so I haven't do. done it
1: yet, but I, I now realise I need to because at the last yeah. one I did they were putting out extra seats and the aisle was getting like narrower and That's narrower what? and I was like, I don't know <laughs> if a dress can fit through. Um the best request I've had that was so beautiful but also very stressful, was a couple already had they'd had a little baby a few months before and they wanted the baby to be brought in a little um a little carriage like, um, as sort of a ring-bearer. Um, it was Aww. beautiful, um, but quite stressful and quite complicated and one of the most complex wedding rehearsals I have ever had. We practised the entry <laughs> about five times. Oh, um, that's rough. But, yeah. I think, with small people,
2: just be prepared. Now, having had a small person that what you practice might not happen mm-hmm. on the day because small people you know if they haven't napped properly or they're tired or they're mm-hmm. hungry or they you know things just don't happen as you might expect them to happen and just just let them roll with mm-hmm. it and I'm I, I love having kids at a wedding i think it's so much fun and yeah. they add to the the wedding so much and it's just joyous but they um they mm-hmm. might be interesting um my um my uh, spouse did an excellent wedding where the the couple uh, were reenactors um and did viking <laughs> oh reenacting oh and stuff like <laughs> That's that That's amazing so there was um, lots of talk about how and they were like really into heavy metal mm-hmm. music as well so there was lots of talk about how they could Add those bits mm. into the wedding and um, they wanted a, a sword arch as oh, they left amazing. of all these wow. like battle swords mm. and stuff like that, and it was amazing and yeah playing um music from the yeah. Hobbit through the service and uh, music is one of those really interesting ones, and I think people are just expect us to say no, yeah. and so don't ask, but why not yeah.
1: ask Look, you know the only things I'll be really stricter about of a wording of a vows. Like, the actual legal stuff, I'm not changing because it's legal and I don't want that to go wrong. Um, And make it, like, tone. Like, I will advise against anything that's too explicit or anything (laughs) that, like, suggests that a marriage might not last. And also, like, no help me's painted on a bottom of shoes, please. Like, nothing that is going to actually hurt the feelings of the (gasps) person
2: bruno mars i think i want to marry you i hate that song so much (laughs)
1: because it's
2: it's a beautiful night we're looking for something dumb to do let's get married Uh, no it's not a dumb thing to do it's mm. a a really special wonderful thing to do it's not a stupid thing to do at all
1: yeah
2: please don't play bruno mars friends
1: we're only on scene two and i've finished my drink um
2: whoa (laughs) So there's been lots of conversations mm. going on and poor Geraldine is trying to work out how to um, how to mediate between David and Alice and Hugo and all these different things. And, and David suddenly leaves and Hugo's busy <laughs> snuggling up with Alice in the kitchen and so oh, they have yeah. to kick them out, which is a scene that Kate clearly has found so funny. She's nearly <laughs> she's choking on
1: be, her teeth. Sorry, has got giggles for <laughs> no reason. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but what
2: I... Another bit that I love, and I've definitely used this phrase many times afterwards, is Alice comes out of the kitchen and says, when he kisses me, I feel like I go a goose pimply, Aww. like a great big pimply goose. And I have <laughs> definitely so said that Aww. phrase many times about <laughs> mm. being smooched. <laughs> pimply goose, like a pimply goose. So then we head over to Horton Manor and I think this is like their engagement pre-wedding party kind of thing yeah. that's going on and Alice turns up in the most stunning blouse, yeah. the ugh, like haute couture beauty that has been knocked up from a pair of curtains by her mum mm. and so it's got the tassels under her armpits so she can adjust the sleeve lengths to be short or long and i want one of these blouses
0: it's brilliant i mean it shows that hugo loves her so much because he is so on board and he's like oh so many women don't have fashion sense Mm. and then here you are with your drawstring curtain blouse to be fair it's like it looks like a william morris print it looks like i actually quite like it reminds
1: me of the sound of music Curtain frame Yes! Wow. Mm. Where they
2: make the romper suits mm. out of curtains and things like that.
1: Again, another indication of a socioeconomic divide between Alice and Hugo. That is becoming harder and harder to say, I've got to say. Kate's had
2: too much gin to say <laughs> fancy words. So she's going to have to use the... the... The more simple words so that me and Jenny understand and she can say them very true. <laughs> it's like we're at the reception of Alice and you. It's isn't it? lovely. Like we're talking
0: about their wedding day. We're like, oh, right. yeah. nice So
2: lovely. And there's a really lovely little moment yeah. here with Alice and Geraldine that I just love mm. where they've got their nicknames I and know. they talk about. They, she says, go for mm. it, Ali Pali. And she's like, yeah, Vic's dick. And they do Girl mm. Power. Oh, <laughs> I love it. It's just so lovely. Really, really nice. And, yeah. uh, Geraldine, bless her, has realised she's come to this party mm. without any makeup on, but she oh, doesn't care because it's exactly. her friend. It's Hugo. They're going in, and suddenly she wishes she was yeah. wearing makeup because
1: dun 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 we meet Simon. Simon! <laughs> Simon is our second major love interest for Geraldine.
0: Okay. Love interest question. Then, do you fancy Simon? No, yes or no? no. no. I do. A bit. Ooh, do do you? you? Yeah, he's very tall and he's yeah. very confident, and I do find that attractive. I, in nature. I don't
1: like tall men. <gasps> I'm oh, I'm under so five foot. Of course, <laughs> I don't like tall men. It hurts. <laughs> very... It hurts me to look up that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with someone that tall. Um, I have to stand at a distance to be able to see their face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What I but, do love about this scene is that she meets him and she's like, oh, no. And to be fair, I have had this. When I don't, when I have, there's only been one time where I've accidentally forgotten to put my makeup on. I've gone to church and someone's gone, oh, Jenny, you look poorly today. You feeling mm. all right? I have had that before. So no doubt Geraldine is thinking, oh, no, this gorgeous guy. And I probably look like I'm feeling a bit poorly. And I absolutely love the scene that comes next where she runs home <laughs> and like, they've like sped it up. She's like, yeah. <laughs> She home, absolutely yeah. full face of beautiful makeup. She comes back, adds her eyelashes them. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: The yeah. only time I've become obsessive about makeup was when I was living in Hong Kong, and the culture there is people show sure they care by commenting on how whether oh, they think right. you look unwell or overweight or whatever. Oh, um, the number no. of times people started said, "Miss Kate, are you feeling unwell today?" or "Miss Kate, you've got a spot." or let me tell you, really? I started wearing makeup a lot more. Um, also, oh, wow. there was one time a child came up to me and said, Miss Kate, pregnant? And I never wore that dress again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh um, anyway more in there. Oh,
2: that's,
1: anyway, yeah. Hard real talk. But I
2: Sorry. immediately get, like, mm-hmm. there's lots of comparisons we've made with Jane Austen. And... The rule from Jane Austen, if a man is very, very charming, he's very suspicious. And Simon is immediately Mm. like that. He is so flirty with her and... Talks about being the prodigal son and all the bad mm. ways. Too much sex, too much drinking. And yeah. look at the mm. bad boy. And It's like he's almost there smoking mm. with like sunglasses on and like <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs>
0: no, I, I'm not attracted to a bad boy at all.
2: I think, oh my goodness, bless
0: you, let me pray for you. That's what I genuinely think. <laughs> I'm not, I I I just I'm like, I'm not I know some people are, and I wish I could understand it. I'm like, oh bless you, things aren't okay. Like, I'll let me be with you in this time. Prosecco very nearly hit <laughs> up my
1: nose then. Okay. Real talk ladies. Uh, yeah. I'm the only it one me. of the three of us who is single. Um mm. this is an actual fear of mine that I will feel attracted to someone. In a wedding party to one of the groomsmen, to the best man, I don't know. God, God, oh, God, God, no groomsman, one of the groomsmen, best man. Oh, and God it's forbid the it's the groom. The God forbid. Yeah. Um, I'm legitimately worried that I will walk into that wedding rehearsal and be so distracted by how attractive one of the men is. Um, what is the worst that could happen? Well, no the thing is, because then you get distracted from what you're there to do. For me, my role is to be there to support the couple and make this wonderful experience for them, make the best of this moment. If I'm distracted by some dude and trying to make myself look amazing <laughs> for him, um, you know, mm. worrying about, is this my best angle? Am I looking like a complete troll? Um <laughs> Oh, or whatever, you never
2: look or okay. Yeah, I
1: feel like it. Lots of women do. Let's face oh, it. God. Anyway, yeah. um, I mean. that's an actual worry about me. And to be honest, mm. that never happens to me. That's not whatever. Anyway, but it's still a worry. <gasps> um, I was going to say, yeah, you haven't had any prior. I haven't had any prior experience, of, any prior experience of this, <laughs> but it's still a worry because I'm yeah. young and I'm single and I am looking. You know, I do want to yes. end up someone eventually. Um, and where do you meet people, young men? At a wedding. Met, <gasps> at weddings. You meet them at weddings.
0: Oh, but god. as
1: a vicar, <laughs> yes, you're wearing you white. Can I just but... say, exactly, imagine
0: the anecdotes oh of the bride and groom who have a really handsome usher or best man that manages to get a little cheeky snog. <laughs> snags the vicar by the
1: end of the
2: night. Oh, my god. Oh, to
1: be honest, oh. girls it horrifies me the idea and i'm so glad it's never happened and i think i find this episode really difficult to watch because of that because of that um i I really seriously i was i had to force myself not to skip any scene that had simon in it how interesting it's i kind of He's but then I can't. Oh, also, yeah. realistically, because I'm really short, sure, I was feeling that height difference. Like, <laughs> that is my daily yeah. life. Let's
2: it, pronounced. <laughs> yeah,
1: just the cranking your neck up, mm.
2: and well, Geraldine has this experience that Kate fears of fancying a member of the wedding party immediately, and
1: mm. so
2: ensues the awkward flirting between her and Simon, that just hurts me. I
1: think I've just had a, had a revelation. I think my fear might come from this episode. <laughs> I think this might be the, the source. This is therapy. This is therapy. This is the source of my fear. Geraldine has a lot to answer for.
2: Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: Yeah, and there's
2: a, a particular line that I believe that you very much enjoy mm. in, a, in her flirting there, Kate. Yes,
1: so... Um, she says, "Was I? Was I?" And I think this um, she says this again at another point. I think it's for "Do you? Do you?" Which she says, and it, "Am I? I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you? Christmas do Christmas, you? Do like, you?" Is that particular yeah. cadence of dawn French, which was, I, yeah, ju- I just yeah. I just love I just love so much.
0: Yeah, and the yeah. fact
1: that Simon, if I'm thinking positively, Simon has heard her on the radio and he's been listening in. And he's obviously been paying attention when David's been talking about her, yada, 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 Oh, And so they then talk about the wedding
2: rehearsal that is about to come, which we've hinted at already Mm. in this episode about what we do in the wedding rehearsal. But we're going to see it very soon. Mm. But first of all, we see the night before the rehearsal, um, where Simon has hinted very heavily that he is... um, Particularly keen on blondes, mm. um, blondies, and so we go to the vicarage, and Geraldine has her hair up in a, a towel, mm. and um, it's suggested that maybe she's been uh, taking um, some bad advice. I
0: hadn't clocked that. I just assumed she'd had a shower, really. But no, she's dyed her hair. Yeah, I'd never clocked well, that. Well, I suppose it's if you know the oh, episode. Oh no, I feel like I'm not a nerd for B W. Yeah, honestly because of jubilee mm. i mean think of jubilee well yeah <laughs> to be fair though this this scene is difficult for me this week so geraldine she has a PJs on. she's got her hair in a towel obviously oh, why would
2: you answer the
0: door <laughs> because she's a total bodacious babe who loves her parish right maybe she's hoping it's simon i don't know who knows but the doorbell goes and she's in this relaxed state and uh she answers the door and it's uh who is it It's, it's jim, jim. It's Jim. It's Jim. Jim. Um, Now, this is hilarious to me. So she's wearing her pyjamas. Now, this
2: very lovely,
0: one of my parishioners, who I absolutely love, who, again, is parishioner and friend, rang my doorbell at half seven in the morning Mm. when I had quite a late night the night before. And I was like, oh, no. So I had to appear to her in my pyjamas. And I was like, oh, her poor eyes. And actually, I had to sort of add more clothes so I didn't Mm. look too revealing. But what I love about Geraldine is that she's like, Hey! Here I am in my PJs, and I actually really mm. love that.
1: Yeah. No. No. Um. Look, we've talked about me answering the door, and it was a retired bishop, and I was wearing some very oh, skimpy yes. pajamas. Um, I think there's something normalizing about saying I'm at home, I'm wearing comfortable clothes, and maybe not my most revealing clothes, but you know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not wearing pajama trousers when I'm, I like. <laughs> Christmas Day, after my Christmas services, I got home. (laughs) I put on my pyjamas because I was tired, super tired. Someone randomly calls on the door of the vicarage because they want to give some money for the church and, of course, the vicar's going to be in. Um, And I was in my pyjamas and I was like, yeah, like I'm not going to pretend that I'm work ready when it's obviously Mm. off time. And I think, charity, yeah, own it. It's for night time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Jim comes around, bless him, to test out his best man speech,
2: which one of us thinks is an absolute the Two cross- of us. Oh, I one love one it. Of us- what I oh, love it. You know,
1: it's me. one of my best moments right, in the a, of a
2: no, It is one of my favourite mm. moments ever is yes. explain it. Because I'm gonna diss it yeah. before we get a balanced so- view. Jim is the best man Mm. and he comes over to practice his speech on Geraldine. And this is the scene that in a previous episode where I got confused with um, uh, when it was um, Frank coming out and Mm. I thought she goes off and gets snacks. It was this scene that that I got confused with. But um, Jim comes over to practice his speech and Jim (laughs) started with some lyrics Mm. from ABBA uh, from the song Knowing Me, Knowing You. And if you remember, Jim, Jim struggles with his nose, and so is saying, "No, no, 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 no." Knowing me, no, 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 no. Knowing you, aha! But it's it's
0: so much
2: slower. You know it's so. But it's the aha with the hand gesture. It's just beautiful. And Geraldine is like, "This is going to take ages." She goes to get water and then some biscuits and. He quotes this song, Knowing Me, yeah. Knowing You, and, um, no, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> for me, that, that is- for <laughs> me, it's the payoff, where it's so much... Yes. So, Ruthie knows this. Some of my favourite jokes are Shaggy Dog stories, which are all about building amounts, huge amounts of frustration with your audience. yeah, And then you pay it off. Sometimes you pay it off with a pun. Sometimes you don't. And it's funny. I find it funny. It, and it's the build-up, which is the funny part and for me the build-up towards no 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 knowing hugo no no (laughs) no no no, knowing alice like for me that's a sudden emotional punch Right to a Yeah,
0: it is. It's lovely. Mm. I love that you love it. For me, it's like, this is too close to my life and I haven't got time for it.
2: And I actually feel slightly sad
0: and ashamed. I think I'm just one of those persons that I'm like this. Bang, 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 bang. bang, bang. I'm trying to noticeably slow down. Mm. I'm like, Lord, leave me in your time. But seriously, this scene, I nearly fast forwarded it sorry oh, but then no. you said
1: it's, it's lovely because of a day you'd had and you just didn't feel like you had capacity <laughs> That's true. for gym
0: i've had a time th- i i in fact i've actually done a wedding mm. today Oh wow. I'm, I'm full of weddings i know already mm. um but i actually i love them to be fair i couldn't yeah. get enough of weddings but yeah when you've had a heavy people mm. outward facing day one more person going yeah. no, no no and to be fair I love him yeah. and I am I do try and you know be a compassionate person but I was like oh, this scene there's I, I would definitely be a Geraldine I would go out for snacks yeah. I think
1: there's a bit in there's a comedy called Spaced um mm. which they have a joke which is skipped to the end so um, one of the characters blabbers on a lot and another character just says skip to the end. And it skips in. Oh, sometimes yeah. I think we have that in life where we want to say, some, mm. "Just skip to the end." I know oh, you never can. You know
0: because you love them, you want to hear their mm-hmm. journey. You're there for them, of course. But sometimes you're like, "Ah." Oh. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
1: so anyway, we're never going to agree about this. But um, as we've said, but it's the best joke. Um, Geraldine is dyeing her hair <laughs> because she has been told by Simon that he likes blondes. Um, Gentlemen prefer blondes. I used to dye my hair a lot. Um, as you both know, I used to have pastel coloured hair. and oh, my goodness, I think it suited me. It I beautiful. miss my pastel coloured yeah. hair so much. So much upkeep though. I did this in my second year of college and it was a big kind of I'm not ashamed to be me moment. I'm gonna, I've am gonna, i always wanted to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm no longer going to care about what other people are going to think um Mm. but at college there were people in authority who suggested to me that it was inappropriate and hoped quite fervently that when I entered ministry when I got ordained I would dye my hair back to a natural color and I did Mm. and in some ways I'm disappointed with myself for that but it was really because Mm. I had a family funeral um and I knew there were parts of my family that would really not be able to handle me having lilac oh. hair, but um, maybe I'll do it again. Who knows? Anyway, do it. there's lots of questions yeah. that are
2: asked about us uh, about our appearance. So I have now got a bit of dyed colour in my mm. hair, but I am a a redhead and a very proud redhead. But wanted to jazz it up with a bit of extra colour in it. Mm. And I was doing a funeral the other day, and the I was at the crematorium, and the director there asked me about my tattoos because mm. I've got like half a sleeve tattoo, and people. Uh, he said, Are "You like what comments do people make about your tattoos?" And, oh, interesting. Something we've said before about people judging yeah. us and our appearance, and feeling that you can comment on the color of someone's mm. hair or whether they have tattoos or piercings or, whether, or whatever whether, it might heels
1: be. Heels or makeup or yeah. Although when I had colored hair, I only ever had positive experiences, and I'm talking about the kind of fantasy wacky colors not i did hen in mm. my hair for a while when i was a curate um mm, i remember i that. used to have yeah. you had in college as well yeah in college i had um lilac hair and pink hair um and silver hair for a little bit and then i dyed it darker because i've been dying my hair darker mm. for a while because my sister has really lovely chocolate colored hair and i've always been jealous mm. of that i'm currently mm. embracing my natural color recovering from bleaching and dyeing, etc. Mm. But yeah. maybe I'll start dyeing my hair again at some point. Mm. Um, but in a way, for me, the big thing is funerals.
0: Yeah, I do understand that, actually. Um There is a part of me, and I'm not sure if this is a part that will be rejected, mm. that is like, actually, we have a duty of care to people to be almost you know like how our vestments make us blend in a little part of me thinks oh do we have a duty to just be neutral so that no one's thinking oh the vicar's x y or z um but then so much else of me is like well actually god has called Mm. you as you are and if you define with having bright pink hair Mm. or black hair or uh Nose piercing, which I used to have in college. I was wondering, Caitlin, a minute ago, when you said about um, you started dyeing your hair in college, I was like, oh, I got my nose pierced when I was trying to be a vicar, because I was like, ah.
2: Oh, we sure all rebelled in college. Not- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember bringing up my mom teenage
0: <sighs> and saying, I've got something to tell you,
1: and I'm not asking.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a nose piercing. And she was just so relieved mm. that it wasn't something terrible. She just laughed on the phone. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, I, I'm a torn about this a bit. There's a mm. responsibility to be a leader and to be neutral, bland, if you will, maybe. Although I can already hear our listeners going, no, that's not true. And a little part of me as well is, in fact, probably a lot of me is saying, no, that's not true. You've got to be mm. who you are. And minister has God has called you to be. But ah,
2: how that looks physically. <laughs> Attention. I think there's something about being true to who you are and mm-hmm. authentic and actually there's something very attractive about that to people as yeah. well i think um and not just in a oh hello but also mm-hmm. in a oh okay that's that's a different way of being a vicar as well um but i th- i think it would depend on how you looked so if i mm-hmm. had a massive mohican which i don't sadly um when it came to a funeral mm-hmm. i think i would probably kind of wear it down yeah. and in a bubble kind of thing um and so how i would style it mm. would be different but yeah you also you know there needs to be more punk rock vicars yeah, because it
0: does. i actually one of my good friends who's a vicar does actually have a mohican where the top oh. of the mohican is dyed red amazing i know So it's, mm. it's like actually yeah i don't know maybe it's a sermon in an appearance by saying actually this is who god's called me to be and actually god accepts us and calls Mm. us and loves us as we are and some of us like me look bland and others of us are rocking and actually all of it's welcome
2: jenny you are not bland i am a vanilla lady i mean your surname is
1: about to be bland (laughs) you're going to be bland but you are not not bland. bland
2: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Vickers Watch Deadly. Thank you to Toby for
1: editing our ramblings. Any views expressed in this podcast are our own and don't necessarily represent those of the Church of England or any other organisations with which we are affiliated.
0: And as always, bless you for listening.
1: Did you hear about the notebook who married the pencil? No. No. She finally found Mr. Wright. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>